you ready? It's time for those most famous words in motorsports. Please welcome the host of Race Chatter, Wayne Bobber, to give the command. Drivers, start your engines. Good evening, America. Thank you very much for tuning in to another edition of the award-winning Race Chatter on Smoker 99.9 FM, WNRI. What a weekend it was. Another snowstorm forecasted, and the same group was managing the facilities up at uh, Loudoun, New Hampshire, for a brand-new event. The same group that was doing the Thompson Speedway earlier this year. And they made the call early, changed everything from Saturday to Sunday, and it worked out like a glove. They've got a horseshoe somewhere, two events in a row, working around Mother Nature in New England to perfection. Talking about perfection. Scheduled tonight. If he calls in because he has a day job, and we both have the same barber because we don't have any hair. But... He is not running a nuclear power plant on the controls falling asleep after being a spotter up in New Hampshire. But he won his 70th win, his career win up at Thompson on the opening week. And he is scheduled to be our first guest tonight, Larry Leadfoot Barnett. But before that, we're going to do a little bit of business because I can't wait to talk with Larry. Folks, if you or someone you know is celebrating a birthday and you want Wayne to announce it on his program, just send him an email. His address is WayneWNRI at Yahoo.com. Help make that special someone feel like celebrating with a birthday shout-out on WNRI. Thank you, Johnny. To birthdays today on 4-19-21. JoJo Rambo, big birthday today. Frankie Lyons from Rock Hill, South Carolina, from Joanne, turns 47. Elizabeth Zinch, first lady of Nima Raceland, uh, turns 39. She says, Wayne, don't you dare put my age over the airways. But she don't look it. And that was from my husband John on that, the champion in that division. What a class act family that is. Also, former celebrity right here at WNRI turned 62 today, Dave Dean. A big happy birthday from all his former fraternity members. And the cat lady who's just on and has stimulating conversation with Jeff and every other talk show, talk show host we have here. Uh, she says, Wayne, don't you dare tell anybody I turned 88 today, the cat lady. So I told her I, I would definitely respect her views on that, and I would not do that. Also on 420, one of our new reporters turned 72 uh, from his wife, Crystal, Mr. Jim Snape from Cleveland, North Carolina, celebrates his birthday tomorrow. Angels Collision Service, what a business they have on Putnam Pike, Route 44, Chirpatchet, 401-949-3952. They're open from 8.30 to 5 p.m. And as soon as the golf courses open up, you might see them sneak out a little bit early. Windshield replacements, expert color matching on the premises, over 27 years of business, and they'll work with all insurance companies. A very secured 
fenced in LED lighting storage area for your waiting for your settlements. Everything is right there. They do the mixing of the paint right there. There's no more metal bumpers. You know, Larry's trying to hide that metal bumper on that limited sportsman he's got. But everything else is facious in the real world. So you've got to do that paint matching right there on the premises. And there's nobody better than Mr. Feudy. I'm, you know, really, Mike does most of the work over there. Angels Collision Service, and they also sponsor the number 10, who did not show up at Thompson. Keith Ballou in that Darth Vader number 10. And DMB Performance, if you got a hot rod Ford or you want to make one, maybe a new computer chip, this guy started the whole program at Tasca Ford, who is still racing to this day. But he backed off a little bit. He's got a nice machine shop, too. And now he runs D&B Performance since 2000 for tune-ups, full brake service, lube and oil, suspension service. Uh, also, high-performance engine work. They're not afraid to get the hands dirty there. They're just not R&R guys. They are ASC certified with their own machine shop at D&B Performance on 91 South Main Street and beautiful Pasco, Rhode Island, 401-710-9800. And um, she's got an absolute fantastic system in there for being COVID compliant. It really works out well. And during the summer, they tried to do extra days, extra hours for the first four days. So my mechanic's going to have three-day weekends. But they accommodate everybody with that great customer service at DMB Performance, 401-710-9800. And on a line right now, I don't know if he's en route coming back from New Hampshire, I know he brought, he, he had a special unit up there on the front of his Chevy pickup with a plow on it. He was putting it on Thursday night, getting prepared for Timmy O'Racing with that 44. And on a sad note, and I looked and I said, yeah, 11 cars. And then I got the breakdown of the race from the people that were there. And they said it was one of the best modified races they ever saw in their life. Passing back and forth for three, and he had a uh, caution in the middle, a uh, competition caution. It, the race had everything for the people who were there. How are you, Larry? I, I'm doing well. How are you, sir? I had to get you on tonight. I've been in that booth up there, seeing you in the pits, going through all the trials and tribulations. You were stuck at 69, and I've got it taped on two different shows. Your goal was to get up to that magic 70 career wins. And <clears throat> since 2017, that has been on your top of your bucket list. And then the virus yeah, comes well, in. You don't know if you're going to have any more Thompson Speedway. Then it gets announced, well, we're only going to run two races, but the Honing family isn't going to run it. And then all of a sudden, I looks at the entry list and I says, I don't believe it. At this time in his life, in his career, with the track record you had, you wanted to challenge yourself to run Stafford Speedway last year. Congratulations. <laughs> well, it was, it was a challenge. I, I wasn't too thrilled with the direction things were heading at Thompson um, with the previous group there. It just wasn't, I wasn't having enough fun to justify all the work. Um, so I said, I'm going to try something new, and I. <clears throat> it took a lot of work last year to get ready for Thompson, uh, excuse me, to go to Stafford, just because 
there's a lot of rule changes, you know, the width of the body's different in the fuel cell and stuff. So it was quite a bit of work. And uh, I went there and I just, I didn't do as well as I hoped <clears throat> for various reasons. You know, you, you go there and you hope you're going to have, uh, you know, there some of the people that would have helped were not comfortable going because of the situation and all those things factor into it. But I went there planning on doing at least five races and I, I got to, I believe it was eight races before I just ran out of energy. So, um, I did okay, but it, not fantastic. So, so then when the, uh, Thompson opportunity came back with a different group, I, I was uh, getting pretty excited about that. And when did the two races and I, I did run pretty well. That was about when I figured out what was, what I was pretty sure was wrong with my car the last three years, which turned out to be something that Barry Fluckager was able to fix on his, you know, verify on his frame machine and replace the, an important bar holding all the trailing arms, et cetera, in the rear end of the car. And that's the real key to what unleashed the 73, I guess you could say, because when I hit the track this year, I, I believe me, I worked really hard and decided to go with that Camaro body that probably helps a little bit also, but him finding that, that frame issue and fixing it, I think, is the key that's been holding me back for the last three years. We're going to pick up a national audience right now. Our affiliates have kicked in in Tampa, St. Petersburg, and another affiliate we have in Portland, Oregon. And I'd like to get our listening audience up. We have Larry Barnett, an old nickname he established years ago, Leadfoot. And it got to a point where he won almost every race. He either broke down, crashed, or won at Thompson Speedway. He was that dominant in one of the most competitive divisions in my personal favorite at Thompson is the limited sportsman model full fended cars where you actually lean on guys on turn three and four as part of the race it's accepted procedure with Waterman and uh, Scott Sundin and the Gleasons and when Al Stone really keeps trying every year, coming over to New London, he just can't get it, but he keeps trying. And he's in your <laughs> same class as a seasoned veteran. But I got a question that I've never asked you before, and I hope I don't embarrass you. I don't know if you're going back to Stafford this year, driving the 73. You'll probably be over there spotting for other drivers. But can you honestly... Well, honestly, on the radio right now, tell the whole world in the United States what it's like for a seasoned veteran to have that pedigree to go over to a competitive track in the same state with those veterans that are in that group. How was you honestly received? Did you have a monkey oh, on your back? Oh, no. Everything was really good there uh stafford the the management of of this stafford speedway is just fantastic they they really know how to put on a show um but there's also challenges when you uh show up stafford speedway the track surface changes a lot as with temperature and different divisions running on it um so when you come in there new um, one of the things I wasn't aware of is that they don't did not use transponders, for example. So 
when you go out there and you have a really short practice and for me being new there i was making big changes to my car it was even more difficult to hey did i get better did i get worse uh you know and then you think you're good and then by the time you run your feature later in the night the track conditions changed so i i had a good five lap car and most of the races i was dropping like a brick by after lap 10 because i didn't have the experience to guess where the track would head um so it various reasons it's a great place if they ran one race a month for my division i would have a really tough decision on whether i raced at thompson or raced at stafford but the thompson schedule just suits me that much better I guess Stafford uh-huh. now has got established now, and uh, with the cable contract they got last year, everything fell into place for them. And then walk away from the NASCAR, which really shocked everybody in the interest. But still, uh, great car counts. That SK Modified is probably the top in New England. And it looks like they're going to go 22 or 23 dates, uh, weather permitting. And uh, right. Conne- Connecticut is altogether different. Uh, allowing the virus seeding uh, versus somebody like a Seacon. I've got the numbers on Seacon the other day, and Eddie St. Germain, they started selling the tickets today, and I think they're only allowed 16% of capacity. But that's the difference from state to state. And he doesn't have that big cable contract. You know, the Speed 51s, unless it's a big show down there. They'll probably have Speed 51 down there for that $10,000 modified madness that they have in the middle of the summer. But their regular shows, don't they just don't generate the revenue. Where uh, Stafford and even Thompson now going with that 6-7 race setup, it looks like they're going to be exclusively, too, with Speed 51 on the cable. Right. And, and the, the numbers, if it's on full capacity, that... I, I don't know what their numbers are, but Seacock can hold a lot of people. Oh, yeah. So if it's based on the maximum, maximum capacity, it may be a normal crowd without really much restrictions. If you, um, So time, time will tell. But, uh, you know, if their capacity is ten or 12,000 people, uh, their normal show, you know, there may not be many people, you know, as far as an issue on uh, not being able to sell the tickets. So hopefully that works out, and hopefully the restrictions become much less as time comes. I got an email here from Vermont saying we didn't have that problem last year in Vermont like you did down in southern New England. So I know uh, the White Mountain and uh, a few of the tracks up in Vermont had pretty uh, successful seasons last year, attendance-wise, up there. You know, different from state to state. Uh, going from Thompson Speedway, five-eighths mile banked asphalt since 1940, the oldest asphalt service in the country, and your home ground. I mean, you know every crack in that. And going to Stafford being a flat half-mile track, flat, no, no banking that I know of up there. What was the major changes to your chassis? I've got two different emails from around the country asking me that question. Was it strictly springs? Uh, I didn't change very much at all, uh, other than I might as well talk about it because it's fun. I started out with, they they allowed a rear sway bar for our division, which 
Thompson and Waterford never did. So that was my oddball thing that I tried. And I was really quick at times, but like you say, I uh, wasn't certain if that was my problem or the chassis. But basically, I went eight weeks and my car was always a little bit too tight. Um, you know, wanted to go straight. And uh, so I ran about three weeks with the sway bar and then took it off. And like I say, I I, I was always close, but it, I never had... I, they had short practice sessions and everything else. It was really difficult to get a, a read on what your car would do for a 20-lap a run. And and that's usually what did me in. You know, I... I uh, I forget. I had a third place finish once and yeah, was running competitively, but uh, basically I was never as good as the top three or four cars. I was right there behind that, but never as good as I wished I was. And that's going to be I, I really think, yeah, I, I really believe it's if I went back there this year after Barry repaired my car. I'd probably be a lot more successful right now just because that's how much better my car got, you know, where the handling balanced out. But now that I've made this fancy Camaro body change, uh, there's there's no room at the inn for sta- at Stafford. They made, made our cars unique again. <laughs> so <laughs> it's not enough. <laughs> like like they've been teasing me, the officials of Stafford, hey, that's a great-looking limited late model you have there. So... Um, so now I, I I'd fall right in between the divisions. You turned so. my head when I saw the car this year. When I first saw it, <laughs> I, I saw the '73 and I saw the paint scheme. I know that's the car, but it just doesn't look the same. Hey, I got a it, question it, here from John from uh, Hyannis, Massachusetts, and his question is: uh, Can you describe, or was it more difficult to pass through Tech when you had that top three finish up at Stafford versus Thompson? Did they make you tear apart a lot of stuff? Uh, on the particular night that I did that, we, um, it, in general terms, yes, Stafford Speedway Tech inspections are very thorough. Um, so, so they are not afraid to have people. Not that I, ha- I've had a rod and piston out of my engine at Thompson years ago too. So, uh, they can be very thorough, but. Um, I believe we had to remove the the entire spindle rotor assembly for both sides of the car was the tech inspection on the night that I finished. Wow. So I was glad that happened to have, uh, I think I had three people to help me that night, which was probably the only night that I had that much help at Stafford last year. So at least I had, uh, I had several people to help. But, um, yeah, that's the nature of the beast is... Uh, Racing is a lot of work. So, I got an email here from Murfreesboro, uh, Georgia, and they want to know, is Larry part of a multi-car team, and how many people does he have in his pet? And I almost, <laughs> I almost fell off the floor. I think it's you and you and you and maybe one or two other people. Right. Sometimes it's me, myself, and I as my three-man team. Uh for example, this this past winter, I brought my car to Barry Fluckiger in November, I think it was. Yeah. And from when I got it home to 
uh, today I still have not had anybody that's come to my shop to help me. Um, I had my wife help me bleed breaks and things like that. Uh, but I went to the Friday practice session at, at Thompson completely on my own, and I had uh, uh, a new-to-me crew member as of last year, Rich Condon, and my wife Kim helping me at the track on Saturday. So, you know, years ago I had a lot of help at times, and it fluctuates up and down, but, uh, you know, my most steady help, uh, John Chimura, for many years has moved on to his own car hobby and uh <clears throat> so things like that uh you know and maybe maybe some new people will join in now that i'm back running a little better maybe that'll help <laughs> but it's, it's uh i spend a lot more time working with other teams being spotter and everything else than than people that actually work on my car and that's just the way it is right now the uh, person we're interviewing right now is Larry Barnett from Connecticut, a legend at Thompson Speedway, now with 70 career wins in that, and uh, an illustrious New England near Hall of Fame career. If he walked away tomorrow, he would be on the first round, get into the near Hall of Fame. No doubt about it in my mind. Now, the relationship with Bobby Santos right here from Bellingham, Mass, with national notoriety here and now all the different divisions the silver crowns and uh the lucas and everything that he's involved with yet he trickles back to new england all the time and has larry as his spotter in the modified did you have that honor in the name of light at thompson uh i wish but they don't use any spotters for the for the nema cars so wow. uh that is um, amazing yeah they uh they do it by sheer uh willpower and strength and guts and bravery and all those things that is the NEMA tradition. Um, their visibility is a lot better in a NEMA car than, yeah. uh, you know, so from that standpoint, it's it's a little safer to not have a spotter, but, um, you know, I race in a division with no spotters and um, that, uh, you know, it's, it's challenging to have the the visibility to trust where you can go i like some tracks for street stock levels and everything don't even allow rearview mirrors and i would not go on a racetrack without being able to see something because uh i would be afraid of backing into somebody in the pits yeah so um, i'm not i totally disagree with any track that does that and they, they do it for they think it puts on a better show um my way of doing that would be to uh, I don't know, park the people that you believe are m using a mirror for defensive driving um, too much, but it's hard to police, but yeah, it's uh, I did not spot for him in the NEMA is the short answer there, and then uh, yeah, the, to, to get the honor to work with him pretty much every race he does in a modified, that's, that's the joy is all mine. And he had a good run in that big buck race too, I believe top five in that too. Now, I, uh, I, I noticed something in yep. that NEMA light that he come up. It was a crowd pleaser. Soon as I saw them, when he went out in the heats and stuff like that, everybody's trying to figure out who that was in that strange car and all that. And then soon as he started putting down warm-up laps, he was the only one on the hot laps that kept going up high. Right in his warm-ups, he was up there seeing what was going on up on top. And I, you know, guys on the side of me, I says, he's going to win this race. 
And they said, oh, no, he doesn't have the experience against Crabal and, you know, all the other established veterans in that division. And I says, no, no, no. He can drive a car <laughs> anywhere, on any type of car anywhere. And he found something going up high and the car stuck. And I says, nobody else uh, went up that high. They stayed in the middle part of the track and just put their regular normal laps. Now, Kujina did have a mechanical problem in that. Something happened because he had a rocket ship. And with all that experience, he probably was the pre-race favorite. But Bobby hung himself right in the position to get the win, which really experienced great drivers do. And it paid off for him again. Can we expect to see him back sporadically throughout New England in NEMA lights and NEMA cars, too? Uh, I'm sure they would love to have him. I, I don't have any information on that directly, but he is he is uh, probably done a race or two pretty much every year. You know, whenever they can work it out, he's been in the nine, uh, uh, you know, the full NEMA, whichever whatever we want to call them by names and now the NEMA light is really becoming more popular because it's more affordable but yeah. he he has driven a lot of races in the with the NEMA guys over the years um you know his, his sister Erica won the big big dollar race at one time uh, uh up at Stafford and he's he's won at Stafford the, remember the night they had the yeah. big cars yeah. and the Nemas he, he won Bobby won both of those um, so he's 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 visited Victory Lane with them many times and his sister is also married to Woody Pitcott <laughs> Correct. What a race! What a racing family that must be at, at Thanksgiving dinner <laughs> it must be something okay uh I got another email here from Illinois, and he says, was it a watered-down field with that small schedule they have up there? And I'm looking at the car count. The race that you won at uh, Thompson and Shea for your 70th career win had a fantastic 22-car field, and it was not field fillers. There was a lot of former champions in that. Uh, Sundin, uh, Watermans, you name it. The who's who's were in that race, so it was not a watered down field, Mr. Emailer. You know, I get I, I get all kinds of emails on this. Now, uh, Bobby Santos with the modified Timio the forty four. You work as a spotter when he comes through New England. Last year, he did a lot of work, uh, Lucas Dirt, the Silver Crowns and stuff. You think he's probably going to do that again and cherry pick uh, like a Hirschman, the richest races in the country? Oh, for for. For that division, uh, out west, etc., yep. he, uh, I, I can't keep track of all the different series that Bobby races with. But that is his full-time job. Um, that's what he does for a living is is driving with that uh, operation out there. So they do, uh, you know, it's it's more than one car and there's more than one series that they support and and uh quite honestly i have trouble keeping track of all the different names but last year he went all the way from california to florida with those types of cars and uh so that is his full-time thing and that's why he fits in the the races in new england around those schedules for the most part right now and uh I believe that um, 
the owner of of the main team that he drives for may be retiring you know in the next year or two or i believe that story so there's always a chance bobby will be back here more in the future but time will tell i mean i hope so i hope so because <laughs> of my own <laughs> he, he is my own selfish reasons i love working with bobby and, you know it, it's just you know nothing that i lucked into by chance of you know being the spotter for i believe it was with the brady car first this is the first time i worked with bobby and and uh so then, it, you know, when he made the deal to drive for the Tineos, he says, hey, are you available to spot? And I've been with them ever since. And and so it's interesting to, um, you know, we were both, Bobby Santos and I had worked with the Mystic Missile team, but not at the same time. Um, so there, there's all these various connections. But uh, when, once you get the opportunity to work with one driver for a long time, um, sometimes I wonder if we're thinking the same thought without even saying it, you know. Yep, and, uh, yep. So that's the way it feels at Loudon. I believe he trusts what I tell him. It, it's not that I'm a better spotter than another person, if you were uh, necessarily, but when I say something to Bobby, he knows what I mean. It saves words. I know what he can do, and uh, which is more than anybody else at that track. So that's that's what makes me a lucky guy i know in your particular group in your division and your uh, age and also having the same barber as me because we don't have any here i look at rick genties in the late model and i interviewed him on it and he seems to think this schedule that thompson has this year suits him to a t in the twilight of his career and you've already admitted it that your Wednesday night schedule, Thompson, is absolutely perfect for you, too. Budget-wise, time-wise, the only race in town on a Wednesday, and it frees you up for all the weekends except the World Series. Did you uh, like the calls that the management made, putting everything into one day? The snow was forecasted. They said, we got to do it. You know, everybody was saying we were going to get buried in snow Sunday for the... Uh, um, icebreaker and then it happened in new hampshire again and it seemed to work flawlessly on that management decision oh absolutely it was the right thing to do and it, uh it sure made some people a little nervous about the saturday people leaving the track and then the sunday people coming in and everything but it really worked i don't think anybody that experienced it said oh man that was terrible i i was getting my stuff ready thinking i had to have my car ready to to race right after the break came back because i had well my spotter job then followed by my race and i was getting my stuff ready and i went to start walking towards the infield and quite honestly they already coming back in because it went so fast so um it really was not that big a deal. I'm sure it was hard for the the officials to coordinate. Yeah. But for us people involved, it was not a big, you know, other than it made me a little nervous because I wasn't sure I was going to have my car ready. And now now the real game day was one day even earlier. <laughs> so I went, uh-oh. <laughs> you had to um, kick it into overdrive. Right. Because yeah. quite honestly, I might not have 
Well, put I, forth the effort to arrive on Friday. If the real racing wasn't till Sunday, I probably would have taken my chances, but and gone a day later if it had gone on the original schedule. But either way, it all worked out for me. I got to really encourage New England race fans or people on a bucket list to come up to New England to see some good quality fender to fender racing on a five eighths asphalt surface that uh, no charge for parking. Uh, there's hotels, you got casinos up here, you have everything. It's the only show in town. Uh, these are Wednesday shows, July 7th, August 11th, September 15th, uh, culminating with the World Series, October 8th to the 11th, weather permitting, whether they go back to one day, two day, whatever. But with the management team, they'll have it all figured out. I was over there yesterday, they had the drift event, and uh, they have motorcycle stuff, and they have so many different things on that uh, road course track. Uh, that is really carrying the nut over there. And the oval needs a good shot in the arm to get those crowds right up to near capacity or whatever the virus will allow for those Wednesday night road to maybe expand it for the next year or at least keep it going with the tradition. Larry Barnett. I don't know what else you got to do. 70 career wins, numerous championships, part of other championship drivers. Uh, your plate must be full, and your uh, mind must be full getting that 70th career win. I know Gentis, I had him on the phone, had him on one interview, because he's very, very shy with radio, and he had a goal of 100 wins. And then the virus came in, and the shortens, he, it's not going to happen. You know, Christopher passed away, stuck at 99. And even if you look at Rocco, with all the success, he's got 42 wins at Thompson. To get to 99, you know, with health problems and everything else, that is a monumental task, I'll tell you. Yeah, it's really hard. And, and uh, uh, maybe maybe it got misunderstood a little bit. I, I have 60 wins at Thompson. I have nine wins at Waterford and one win at Stafford. Okay. Um, so it's 70 career wins total. It's not 70 just at Thompson, but Very I good. did start my career. I did a uh, two or three years down at Waterford at the beginning, and um, you know that was that was my joke is that I was jeopardizing my 100 percent batting average uh, <laughs> uh, when I went to Stafford last year because I had only done one race and won it. <laughs> so I, I I kind of blew that up, but. Um, yeah, it, it's 60 career wins just at Thompson, which, you know, anybody who's put forth the work to prepare a race car and everything, every single win is is could be a, your last. a battle to get. And it, you could, know, be and it could be your last. You, yep. ne you just never know, you know. So I'm, I'm smiling ear to ear, getting a, a really solid win with a good car really felt good after... You know, I, I've I've had some good events over the last three years, but you know when you when you do the best you can because that's how good your car is, and you're finishing second, third, fourth, fifth, whatever it might be on that night. You go, wow, this is not easy anymore. <laughs> so this exclusive interview will be available on Anchor FM podcast after the show. We're recording it right now. We're having tremendous success with this. And uh, all the CDs that I have doing this show for over seven years, uh, a few of the drivers have passed away, so that's going to be very valuable in the future for future podcasts that we'll be working on. Uh, 
Larry still has room on every fender for sponsors. We can make up those decals real fast and give him a hand. And he's got a left-handed monkey wrench waiting for you. And he has all the tools and all the direction to just give him a hand to make sure you get him in victory lane at stop at uh, Thompson Speedway or wherever he works. Larry, thank you very much for coming on, and good luck the rest of the season. Okay, we'll see you soon, Wayne. Thank you very much for having me on. Okay, take care. That was the first part of our show, Larry Barnett. Unbelievable. Okay, those uh, limited sportsmen we're talking about that Larry won. Corey Fanning from Mapleville, Rhode Island, a champion from Seekonk, uh, comes in second in the 47. Brent Gleason, uh, driving the 01, was third. Ryan Waterman, another former champion, fourth. And a number, another numerous champion, Scott Sundin. Uh, Doug Curry moved up into number two. Most student prepared it for him. And this is a big jump from him coming from the Monster Minis up to the limited sportsman and did not embarrass himself with a fantastic, nice sixth-place finish. Uh, Nicholas Hovey from Champlain, Connecticut. Uh, Michael Malborn from Moosup, Connecticut, driving a 64. Tommy Shea from Summers, Connecticut. And Aaron Plemons, driving a hot rod number 67 from Uncasville, Connecticut, in that outstanding 22-car field. The late model act-type cars, uh, Tom Carey, another impressive win in a yellow car, the 5 Mass. Uh, he hails out of Warwick. And uh, Ryan Morgan, 31. Numerous wins at Thompson. North Franklin, Connecticut, he calls home second. Uh, Derek Gluchaka, which was, I believe, the act rookie of the year last year, proved there was no fluke with a bronze medal finish, driving that familiar 03. Not to be confused with Glenn Boss with the regular three and eight championships. Uh, Woody Pitgat, who can drive everything or anything, Right here from Bellingham, Mass., uh, driving the 91 Connecticut, uh, fourth place. Rick Gentis, uh, the Harrisville Mapleville Rocket. Uh, they call it Harrisville because that's the mailing zip zone, but it's actually Oakland, Rhode Island. Gentis Construction sponsored, uh, driving the 70. A numerous all time winner in the late models, all time at Thompson, and all time championship seasons. Rick Gentis, I'm glad he's still around. Uh, I give you uh, an honest impression. Gentis and Larry Barnett, the seasoned veterans, they go through a fan club where everybody's cheering. It was just like Dale Earnhardt. You get to the end of your career, and anybody but Woody, anybody but Leadfoot, anybody but Gentis, and then it swings right around and two or three years later when they're still hanging on. Let's get one more win. And the crowd fan base switches like a match. It's, it's unbelievable to witness it with the cheering section. And I see it with Gordon. I see it with a lot of uh, drivers as Earnhardt and, and other ones too. Uh, Matthew Lewinsky-Lowe, another great finish. Six, Corey Fanning doing double duty and the 11 in the late model. Pros at Snowfluke, another top 10 with a 7th place finish. Charlie Bailey from Lisbon was 8th. Nicholas Johnson, what a hot shoe he came up from Seekonk. 
Uh, ninth place, Mott Jennison, a previous winner at all three tracks in that 22 Rhode Island. What a nice paint scheme he had last year with the military flavor on the car. Ryan Mort, uh, Waterman, double duty. Sean Monahan, double duty. He wasn't driving a station wagon, though. And Brian Tagg, former champion, he had problems in his heat, went off very, very early. Uh, his father, Tommy, a former SK Modified champion, uh, worked on it, worked on it, finished 14th in the race. Another outstanding 20-car field. And Ron Silk was the show of the night, uh, pulls off that $10,000 win in that race. Got to get a few more commercials in here. Uh, Cereal's Pizza Rammer and Restaurant is closed today. Unless there's a fundraiser in town, he'll be back Tuesday with the best pizza special in Northern Rhode Island. Lodge Cheese Pizza for only $6 at Cereal's. Full 15 slices. Pickup, delivery, or you name it, or dine-in. Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, they're allowed by virus controls in Rhode Island to be open from 11 to 8. I believe it's 66% capacity. And Saturday and Sunday at the best breakfast in town starting at 8 o'clock. I highly encourage the Italian toast. It's unbelievable. Sunny Denda for two, $19.99. Uh, chicken, pork, Italian, or seafood. Six to ten different entrees, including soda and coffee, including decaf. Homemade dessert for Atlanta Crossing on PBS. And that's the Cat's Meow from Cereal's Pizzerama. 401-568-7187. That interview went a little long. we got to pay some bills. Uh, Griffin wins the big race at Thompson we talked about last week. He won everything in Speed Weeks down in New Smyrna. He won everything in Hickory, North Carolina. And then up in New Hampshire this weekend, the real big factor in the race and the rear lid on the car fell into the car and he lost all the aerodynamics in the car and it cost him the race. A body part. Which enabled Jimmy Hebert from uh, Williamstown, Vermont is interviewed following the victory at the Northeast Classic for the ACT Late Model Tour. And that's also the same place where uh, Bobby Santos won that modified event up there, too, for a $5,000 first prize. Uh, Jimmy Hebert battled Tom Carey, who won at Thompson, and proved there was no fluke. Uh, New Salem, Mass., it looks like he's going to run the ACT Tour, Thompson, and any place he can this year. Uh, last week's interview on the uh, show uh, by Jim Snape uh, from Ben Rowe from Turner, Maine. He proved there was no fluke, too. He hasn't finished worse than five in five races this year. Ben Rowe comes away with their bronze medal up at uh, Loud, New Hampshire. Turner, Maine calls home, and that was a 50-lap fe feature. We just talked about Mark Jennison. A new person to the mix, Derek Ming. Driving the 45 Vermont from West Burke, um, Vermont. Fifth, Stephen Donio, Trenton Goodrow, Eric Sands, Robbie Gordon. Not the one that used to drive the seven. Robbie Gordon Douglas from Charlotte, North Carolina. Unbelievable. All the way up to New Hampshire. And Dylan Paya from Milton, Vermont. Rounded out your top ten. 24 car field. Story of the race. Was the car that won the race? Did not pass tech. No, no, no.
I fabricated that carburetor just a little bit too much. Maybe that's why they couldn't catch him. But DJ Shaw gets the disqualified in uh, Center Conway, New Hampshire, in a tremendous blow on a championship run for that car. You got to play by the rules, and you got to pass the tech. The past National Championship Series cars were there, too, with Johnny Clark from Hollowell, Maine, coming away with the win over Mike Hopkins. Uh, DJ Shaw passed the tech on that for third. Jeremy Worf, Ben Rowe, fifth. What a hot roll Ben Rowe was on. Boy, I'll tell you, Jim Snake picked that interview right. I'm glad I got it on tape. Dennis Spencer, Jake Masterson, Alex Labby, Derek Griffith finished ninth from Hudson, New Hampshire in the past national race. And Roland Robinson from Steuben, Maine rounded out your top ten on another outstanding 24-cough deal. A tour type again, we talked about Bobby Santos, put on a driving clinic with Chase Dowling and Ronnie Williams in that. Eric Goodall, who had that tremendous victory in the Whalen Modified earlier this year, made the trip up from Long Island, New York, Riverhead, New York, in that 58 New York for a fantastic fourth place finish over, boy, did he get his feet wet up there. And we're talking about the youngest Christopher, not one of the twins, Mike Christopher Jr., driving Bobby Baldwin's seven New York, and he always builds a rocket ship. That Baldwin uh, machine over there. But he uh, put on a good, good uh, driving clinic early in that race. Uh, he ended up with a nice fifth-place finish over the ant, Anthony Nasello in the 92. Matty Swanson, Sammy Rameau, uh, Jeff Gallup, and Andy Shaw, Joel Monahan. People are complaining only 11 coffee but the quality of the racing was there. Would you rather have 24 cars? And 12 of them get lapped after five laps? Not me. It makes more congestion on pit road, especially on a a race that had a mandatory caution halfway through it at the 25-lap mark. More chances for one of the slower vehicles to cause a catastrophe with one of the championship-caliber cars. That's how I look at it. I think NASCAR should do the same thing. Instead of the 40-car field, Put 30 who qualify on speed, and you'll get a much better race, and you'll free up pit road. That's my opinion. How about yours? Wayne, WNRI, Yahoo.com. I'd love to get it. Now, this is an exciting division that bounces around all around New England. I love it when I see them down at Thompson. The Northeast Mini Stock Tour. You know, they've been around quite a while, and a former champion came back and proved he stole the car to beat. Emerson Kaya driving the 88 from Contucook, New Hampshire, over Desmond Skillens, Cody LeBlanc, Nick Anderson, and Mike Faines. Mike Faines sounds very familiar with all the uh, history of Thompson Speedway. There's a couple of veins in that family. Uh, Jacob Gustafson, Nick Manatis, Chris King, Jesse Kopp, Jesse King from Derry, New Hampshire, rounded out the top ten. Both Bergeois were up there, too, and both Trudeaus. Uh, made the uh, ride up from Thompson Speedway. Nadine Coates, female driver, women in racing, might as well get it done here right now, driving the number 40 from Newport, New Hampshire. The 8 zone, the street stock open. This is the car that I picked at Thompson to win it. Okay, he did not win it, but he's got all kinds of experience and he knows how to set up a car. You know who I'm going to talk about? Jimmy Renfro Jr., 
from Candania, New Hampshire, driving the double zero. I picked him at Thompson. He's still finished in the top three, but this guy knows how to build and race an open street start. Uh, Devon McCauley from uh, West Newfield, Maine. Stephen Dickey. Corey Hutchins. What an interview. I had him on this show three or four times. And one of the most colorful drivers and another driver that's been in a lot of divisions and a lot of tracks. Go into your all-time leaders on all the tracks and you're going to see Corey Hutchins. That's how long he's been racing. Chris Watson. Kyle Giro, and Giro's having a nice career over at Stafford, too. Uh, T.J. Cochran, Adam Maynard, Ryan Phillips, and Andrew Morin from Old Sabre, Connecticut, rounded out the top ten. Ryan Warneman, mechanical problems, uh, dead last, mechanical problems. 20-car field in that, too. Exit Realty Pro Truck Challenge. Really blew my socks off at Thompson because they had 27 trucks. Boy, I'll tell you, that is a field. But, you know, the guy that's entered that fray this year, after all that experience on a Seacock, he gets in a truck, he's having fun, and we're talking about Ryan Van Oss driving uh, the number 31 instead of his familiar number 11 from uh, Seacock. Uh, let me see, third place, uh, Jimmy Boyle, who has a New England Street Stock Championship to his credit, Second, Jason Ferreria from Lowell, Mass. Andy Lindemann with that familiar number, Earnhardt. And that's how he puts it on his truck, too, the way the man used to do it. Gerard uh, Giordano, Jr., one down at Thompson. Emma Monahan, another woman in racing. And Lucas Leone, uh, Connor Souza. And that was that 38, a former championship car uh, truck that came out of uh, Seekonk, making the... Uh, Right up there. Dave Koenig, too, from Oceanside, New York. He's had a lot of credit in that. Dylan Cabral, Brad Caddick, Wyoming, Rhode Island. It looks like those one, two, about four drivers from Rhode Island in that group. Uh, watch for that around New England. Uh, that ex Exit Realty sponsored uh, Pro Truck Challenge. Very, very competitive. They did something at Thompson that I only saw one other division do that. And they qualify those trucks all at the same time on the track, not racing each other. They all go out and do hot laps as fast as they can go. And it's all clocked. And that's how they determine setting up the starting field for the feature race. It's a very honest way to do it. And it probably saves a lot of uh, race vehicles. You know what saves a lot of race vehicles? When you don't have to pay a $99 fine for getting an unregistered vehicle back home. I saw it at Thompson. I saw it at the Drifts. I'm sure we did over there yesterday, too. Every big event I go to, there's somebody comes out, kicks the tires, slams the roof. You know what I'm going to say. They lock their keys and the key fob in the car. Now, who are they going to call? They're going to call an ex-wife and be reminded, three months alimony payments. Nope. They're not going to call Ghostbusters Part 3 either. They should be calling Larry's 24-Hour Towing. You call the same phone number to schedule Rhode Island Vehicle State Inspection, 401-568-6286. Also, if Nellie Bell 
uh, you know, 300, 400,000 miles and Larry hasn't got time to work on it or DMP performance. And maybe you want to get a newer vehicle. They have used auto and truck sales on the same premises. Borrowable Motor Sales and Larry's 24-hour towing. Right there on South Main Street. Peter, Jerry, John, Brian, all ASC certified. And that towing service, lockout, jump-starting service, 24-7. Did you get your stimulus check, bought a motorcycle, an ATV? Give them a call. Give them the address. They'll get the right vehicle for you, a flatbed around the hook. They'll get it right to your destination in one piece without getting a ticket. Expert body work and insurance estimates, they work with all companies right on the premises. It's Boroughville Motor Sales and Larry's 24-hour towing. 401-568-6286. Now download that into your cell phone or your Android right now. But please do me a favor. Don't lock it in the car. Transportation and limousine services tonight provided by CJ Transit Fairbanks. I'm driving a Buick. My dad would be proud of me. Driving a Buick or a full-size car there, Baba. And what specials Little General's got for you. We're going to hear more about it Wednesday morning on Recipe for a Good Day. What traction that show's getting with Jeff and Gary McLaughlin. But listen to this. And these are not JR's drumsticks. These are edible chicken drumsticks at 89 cents a pound. No limit. And... Virginia ham. This is not Massachusetts or Connecticut. It's the good stuff right out of Virginia ham. $4.99. And top round roast. Maybe we're going to get one more cold day with the pellet stove or the wood stove. You want to put it on a crock pot or put it on that slow cooker? Top round roast, $4.99 a pound. I'm going to put that in a suggestion box at WNRI. We have a big box right at the door. I always stuff it every week. And I'm going to put a request in there for Chef Gary McLaughlin to talk about a recipe for top round roast. Let's see if he takes the bite. I'm still waiting for his leftovers. So we had a whole lot of racing up there. And we had a whole lot of racing in the Xfinity Series. And I'm looking at the clock, 6.57. And we are doing good. The only one I didn't get a chance to get in, I'm going to get right now because... You talk about a small Rhode Island company that's expanded during the virus. I mean, really expanded. Northeast race cars and speed. Pickup or delivery. They ship out of there three different ways by 11 o'clock every day. They're located at Six Hill Road in Harrisville. Same location as Hopkins Brothers Auto Repair with the best brake job in Northern Rhode Island. 401 710 9992. Our northern or southern customers call in on the 800 number. Again, ship by 11 o'clock, 1 800 766 4748. There's a cement pad that's just been poured 60 by 60 for the brand new chassis shop going up right on the premises. Three more taxpayers. Gina, oh, Mr. McKee, I had to put it over the air. Race car parts supplier and custom fabrication, chassis setup. Larry just told us how, how critical it is, critical it is, to get a square chassis before you start racing. They do that and so much more. Simpson, MSD Ignition, Willwood, Moroso, all of your brands, and even Chrome goodies for those classic cars. 
race car parts and service from a career-long racer, national champion in 2010, Shane Hopkins, when he worked with Rocco. Oh, my, what a business he's got going. Northeast race cars and speed in Hopkins Brothers Auto Repair. Dale Earnhardt's got another ringer in his stable. No longer driving, but what an owner. And Josh Berry brings home the win for him in Chevalier Accessories car in a 250-lap feature down at Martinsville, Virginia. And Alex Bowman drives the 48 instead of Jimmy Johnson or Michelle Lee from Manadnack Speedway and comes away with an impressive win. He's in the chase for the race now already with three career wins for Hendrick Motorsports. We're looking at 7 o'clock. Thank you very much for tuning in. We're going to have Joe Silva rocking the show tomorrow on the Author's Hour at 9 o'clock. Thanks for tuning in.